Hey guys, Tim Shorts, Gothridge Manor, doing the Lunchtime Podcast, July 11th, 2018. Today I'm going to talk about my blog, Gothridge Manor, how it came about, just a little bit about it. I've been neglecting it lately. I think it's been a month and a half since I posted anything, and I need to get back to it and start putting out, you know, put, writing some more stuff or whatever. I know the blogs are sort of kind of uh, yesterday's thing, but I think it's a good place to go to still and see what people are doing and trying to get back to reading them more. I don't do it enough. But I started, I think I started my blog back in 2009, April. Um, I started it because uh, my friend Rob Conley of Bat in the Attic Games, he was, I think, doing his blog and showing me the OSR. And I was pretty resistant to it to begin with. Still mainly playing third edition. I may have been playing fourth edition GURPS at that time. And I wasn't liking the fourth edition that much. I much prefer the third edition compared. Uh, but... Uh, I was reluctant to just kind of get back in the whole uh, I guess I don't know if it was Dungeons and Dragons itself because I'd been out of it for so long I mean when I when I, I started playing really right at the beginning of uh, when Advanced Dungeons and Dragons came out I think it was 78 something like that and uh, then I stopped playing it in like around 86, about the time second edition was coming out, I guess. I didn't know it was called second edition. Really, I didn't even know anything about that they put out new books. I just thought they put out new uh, the books with new covers, but I uh, and I like the old ones better, so I never bought them. And then got and then by that time we were full into GURPS. I mean, we started playing GURPS. It wasn't the first edition, it was the, the it wasn't the Man on Man or whatever. It was a second edition of GURPS, the one in the little box set, I think it was. And then from there on, we played GURPS for just, you know, a long time, a couple decades, different. You know, we tried different systems, but that was our go-to system for the, for the longest time. I still have all my GURPS books. They're still wonderful resources. Uh... But Rob was talking about, I don't know if they were calling it the OSR at the time, but he was just talking about people coming back to playing like the old style games. And it, you know, it kind of interests me, but what actually interested me more at the time was that three, you know, I'd missed the whole 3.0, 3.5 Dungeons and Dragons. I really didn't know much about it. This is, you know, before he really even had a computer or paid any attention to gaming stuff I I stuck to what I knew and that was good enough and but he started talking about it. I'm like yeah yeah but then he's talking about the fourth edition coming out. I'm like oh okay maybe I'll hop on board early on on that one so him and I started talking with another friend about uh, possibly getting together and trying to publish something you know let's we can do this between all of us I mean we're we can we can figure it out and this is I think 
2008. I can't remember. I, whatever year. It was before 4th edition came out. We were planning on doing it so we could kind of hit it early because we did know that they, they were, you know, the... Uh, they had the open gaming license that we could possibly use, but we didn't know that for fourth edition it was all going to change either. So I didn't, I didn't, because I didn't know anything about it either. So Rob had told me, well, our plan to do that completely just blew the fuck up. Um, just too many things happened between us. Uh, I mean, it wasn't a bad thing, but it was a temporary thing where there was a little disagreement on how things were going to go, and some egos were too big for the britches at the time, and just 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 some dumb ass shit, you know, just typical stuff though. Nothing very unique, nothing very interesting actually. Just typical people disagreeing about things that really didn't matter. So the publishing thing just just didn't happen. So. I decided, well, okay, well, I can't, and I've always been kind of like this. I'm not one to, I don't like relying on too many people for stuff, even though I need to, I just don't. I even, in, I, it's almost, it's almost, I'd rather put out a poor project, project, bleh, a poor, her, poor, bleh, less quality product than a better quality product if I don't have to rely on anybody. And it's a dumbass attitude. I know that, but that's kind of the way I'm wired. And that, um, but I do try to get some. But that's besides the point. So I, I started thinking about doing my own stuff. Well, then I started reading some blogs early on. Um, I think the early ones, of course, was uh, you know you had James Raggi. At the time, he was more raging against the different things. Um, and then, uh, who else was I reading? Of course, Grognardia a little bit. But there was the other ones I was reading that got me more interested in it. There was like some smaller, I think Trollsmith was why I'm Chicago with his blog. Uh, I think I started watching or, or reading Christian's stuff too during that time and rob stuff of course but just I, I, i'm sorry i can't remember all of them because it's too long ago from my head but i thought why not I'll, I'll start my own really didn't know how to do it uh just got on there i think i did some, you know started off with an introduction and then introduced my <laughs> my 20-sided die that i've been rolling for years so it was kind of and I got some good feedback pretty quickly. I got, you know, some nice support early on. And then Gothridge Manor took off from there. I mean, it never was like one of the big blogs by any means. Like some of these guys are, you know, I think Tenkar and I pretty much started around the same time. And his is, you know, hit as far as, you know, gaming sites or uh, stuff. I mean, his has hit more astronomical success than I ever did. I mean, I definitely had a lot of good folks following me and some really nice support. Uh, but I was never as consistent with output. And uh, But, you know, I had fun with it. I, I remember doing, let's see, what was I? Uh, one of my themes I did there for a while was uh, I did Slee Stack Sundays. So I'd find weird Slee Stack 
memorabilia or pictures on the internet and i did that for a few years that was always a lot of fun because they were like one of my favorite creatures from you know childhood from land of the lost show back in the day then i did this thing called and it was the newbie blogger award after i got some time under my belt and i did a really good job picking out folks because i i thought mostly everybody i picked were very solid solid folks and it was it was funny the other i think it was yesterday last night i was looking on my blog and uh reacquainting myself with it again and i saw one of my top posts it's been so long that i haven't posted stuff that one of my newbie blogger awards back from i don't know remember when 2010 or 2012 or something like that uh was one of my top five uh posts so yeah it was kind of funny um but i made this little badge that i would give people um this night that's like you know knocked out on the ground and it's a newbie blogger award and and uh you know one of those token awards that they give out on the internet but it was a fun one and there was no requirement for anybody to do anything because some of them you get like you know you used to get the award well you got to do this and this you know share it three times and turn around and sing howdy duty time or something like that uh and that's and and the Gothridge Manor really helped me kind of build a bit of a base for myself and kind of my gaming aesthetic. You know, it's, mine is very old school. It's very traditional. Uh, I'm not very progressive with my thinking, I guess, in a lot of ways. Uh, One of my, I guess one of my favorite things to do is just say you have, okay, let, let's take a situation where you're um, dealing with a stereotypical, uh, like, goblin encounter. Group of go you can, your party encounters a group of goblins. It's, you know, it's happened more times than anybody could ever count. Um, some people get bored. Of them. What I try to do in that situation is I try to... I like those situations. I know that they've kind of, you know, you've done them before, but I like to approach it as in, here's another chance for me to reinvent this situation. Let's take this and make it something a little bit different, but still recognizable. So the same encounter of goblins that the parties have, I want them to be able to experience it like, five ten different ways that they've never experienced before at least try to i hope to try, you know something i try to accomplish not always but it's something i do and but it's fun to to try to reinvent that and try to uh, make it more than just another stereotypical encounter and sometimes it's okay to have stereotypical encounters but i also like to try to make it uh, a little different a little bit more interesting and something beyond what the players may expect and that's I guess more my specialty the like the small details and the, the different things that can be added on to make it a little bit more interesting for the characters to to interact with and because I like doing it then that brought up I wrote my first adventure in 2011 and it was uh, knowledge illuminates 
it was a, a, it was initially a GURPS adventure that I wrote for a, a, a campaign. It was like a campaign starter. And that was the introduction to Viz. Viz was something that we just stole from Ars Magica. Uh, I think I can't remember. I think it was called Weiss in Ars Magica. But I use a lot of times if you read my stuff. Since my wife's Hungarian, if I want something a little bit more of a I don't know different sounding, I'll often put the word into the you know Google translation and use Hungarian. And then well, if I may not use the word. Um, specifically, I might use a variant of the word or whatever sounds cool of that variant of a word. So viz, the reason why I use viz, because viz was, is Hungarian for water. And in um, this instance, the, the mana that was, and for fo folks who don't know what I'm talking about, viz or, or wies in Ars Magica is a physical form of magic. It's something that can be used to, like in my campaign, you could use it to cast spells instead of use a spell slot, or it's something you can do to recharge or create magic items. And the reason why I use Viz for this is because the Viz was forming in this pool, so it made, you know, it just made sense, so I could call it water, and then it just became the generic term for it altogether. Well, after I released and I had no intentions of releasing this out. It was just basically a, um, like I said, a campaign starter for me. I posted on the blog. Uh, I think it was, I charged, it wasn't even in print yet. I just did it on a PDF on RPG Now because I thought RPG Now was like magic when I found it. It was like, holy shit, you know, I can... This is, you know, this was fantastic. All this, all this stuff right here, you know, and, and uh, I think I bought some, like what everybody did at the time. I think it was uh, Iron Forge had uh, bought one of their art packets, one of the, I don't remember which one, like the Mystic Forest or the one of the forest ones, uh, the Lamenting Forest, something like that. Anyways, you know, threw a little bit of clip art in there. And away I went. Uh, now, my one of my problems always was is my indecision on on uh, deciding what a system was. Well, should I do this one? Well, then I'll exclude these guys. You know, is where it's Swords and Wizardry, Osric, Labyrinth Lord. And I, what I ended up doing is a generic. So, you know, <laughs> anybody out there listening, just pick a system. Don't worry about it. Don't you know? It's okay. You I mean you can do a generic system, but. Generally, it's, I think it's a good idea to pick one and stick with it. And, and I was lousy at that because I was I was more worried about ex excluding some people instead of including people. It's like because it, it's so translatable between the, the systems, it didn't make any difference. So, but despite so so I put the PDF together. Um, I had a, my buddy Rob Conley. He he did the maps. These I had I had my own maps written out, but I wanted them to be cleaner for publication and he did a fantastic job of giving me some really nice maps um, and it was a very simple adventure it was like a small hex crawl on the outside of it uh, some of people thought it was too tough of a hex crawl and I'm just 
I guess I guess I was too old school for him because yeah, I mean the players could have get wiped out if they got encountered this ant hey, who was spitting three D six acid. Well, then don't don't fuck with it. Go away. You know that's that was my answer to it. Really, that. But the adventure itself was I don't know like eight rooms, uh, fairly linear. And that that was funny the thing. The biggest bitch I always got was it was a it was too the the dungeon was very linear. Well, when I was developing the the adventure itself and when I was mapping it out, I was trying to make it like what it would be like to to make one of these things underground and try to make it make sense of it. And to me at the time, it might not now when I go back and look at it, it made perfect lot. This is what he would do. This makes sense. You know, it was more of a, it was like a secret hideaway mage place because of the, the, the viz there. And he wanted to keep it secret. He wanted to keep it away from everybody else. And, uh, so he kind of protected it. Well, a lot of people complained about it being linear, which, okay, I can see that, but Again, sometimes I was talking about critiques last time. Well, I could tell they were coming. Sometimes you have to look at products from the writer's point of view to see where they're coming from and not your own. If you're looking for a, you know, a kind of a maze place, then, yeah, you don't want to use this one and it's not going to be that. But if you're looking for something that makes sense to this certain um, compound or whatever you want to call it, dungeon or whatever, it is going to be linear and it's, you know, it's okay. Just, just use it for that. But I charged $4 for the, the thing. And on my blog, I, I remember that became an issue, me charging $4. The reason why I tra- charged $4 is because I had it in my mind. I wanted to make, I think it was $2.50 each time I sold one. And the RPG now you know, they have the exclusive one where you get 70% of it. And then, uh, it was, and then if you didn't want to be exclusive, it's 65% that you was what you get. So, um, I didn't want to be exclusive just to that. Cause I, I, even though I wasn't selling it anywhere else, I just wanted to have that option and I didn't want to be, I didn't want to sell it. And then if I did have the chance, I didn't want to have to tell RPG now that I want to switch. So I just, you know, I said, well, 5%, I'll just go with the non-exclusive. So I think if you do the math, I think, what, 65 cents for, what is that, uh, 12? So I got like 260 uh, an adventure then. And that kind of became an issue with some folks. They didn't like that it was a $4 uh, PDF, which kind of now is almost a little bit laughable because I mean, PDFs are now... So I'm a, I mean, I think at back then too, Mongoose put out a PDF that was 30 pages long and it was like $32. Or, you know, it was always astounding that anybody grabbed that one. I mean, I end up doing it anyways eventually, but one is a dollar, not 32. Um, but it was kind of interesting because I had a lot of conversations on my blog and their blogs about that. Chicago Wiz actually did a uh, review of, I got a lot of good, you know, decent reviews. A lot of people took their time out to do the review. Uh, And I'm going to talk about this in the later ones. I've always talked about how to do, not so much how to do reviews, but how to take reviews. When your stuff is getting reviews, even a bad one, how you should address it. And And I'll do a podcast on that later on. So he did one, and he, you know, he liked it. 
I think he was being nice. I think he, I think he thought it was okay, but you know, it wasn't the best thing in the world, which it wasn't. And um, but he did focus on the pricing, and I, you know, and I can understand that. And I, I didn't have an issue with that. He he wanted to state his concerns about it being that much. And and the nice thing about what he did, Michael contacted me before he even did the review and let me know what the review was going to be about. So I thought that was cool of him. And I'm like, yeah, you know, just post your concerns and hopefully you like it a little bit. You can throw, you know, sneak that in here and there. But yeah, I, you know, I had no problem with that. And it was kind of interesting to see that, that conversation evolve through the blogs, almost like what we're doing with Anchor these days, uh, where we're taking a topic and we're going back and forth with it here i mean it's a little bit more disjointed because you it's hard to connect i can't because like personally this started today because of tankar did a you know one of his posts or uh, podcasts about going down memory lane and i thought well i'll just do it with my my blog because that's what i've been thinking about lately and what because i've been going back to it trying to think about how i can maybe retread my blog because i think what I've used it for has pretty much exhausted itself, at least in my head. And I think it's time for some changes with it. But, you know, it's still going to be Gothridge Manor. I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but I know I, the only thing I do know is I want to get back to being a little bit better with doing stuff for it. And then after that, the biggest thing that came out was when I started writing the manor. And I and I want to say my first one came out, I don't know if it's 2012 or 2013. My first manor, okay, <laughs> it, was, it was a wonderful success. That first issue, much more than I ever expected. I, uh, I was inspired by Christian Walker's uh, Lovatar's zine. The magic of the long arm stapler. I never knew about long arm staplers till then. I mean, I even went out and bought myself a double sided printer so I could do everything in all the all the printing was in house and all the production was in house. And it made it a tangible thing I was making and doing. You know, where where um, knowledge illuminates was something I did and sold. It was just a PDF. It was nothing I could like. Hey, look, I made this. Now I had something in my hand, something I made, something I printed. I thought was so cool, and I got really lucky with having Jason Schultz do the cover for my first one. And, and uh, I just—I think I had Jonathan Bingham did a piece for it too. Both of them, you know. I mean, you can't get any better artists than those guys. I mean, at the time, those two were on the top of the, you know, top of the ladder. You know, just just a, and they're both just outstanding guys to begin with. They're, they were fun to deal with and just did amazing work and just so generous with their time and uh with jason you know gracing my cover <laughs> because of guilt he, he we had a, a convention we were supposed to meet at and he was supposed to run a game and he he blew me off so i guess he felt guilty and he did some art for me or something i can't remember exactly but it was a little funny um but I got a, re a really nice reception. Even like Grognardia did a um, a uh, review on it, and of course his he's you know at the time he was like the Oprah of the 
uh, OSR, if he, you know, pronounced this a good thing, you, you got sales on, even if he's I, probably, even if he thought it was a bad thing, he probably, probably would, you would have gotten a big kick in sales. And I did, I mean, I had the nice thing. It was kind of interesting to see, cause you know, when you first release stuff, you get that initial rush of orders and then they tail off. Well, then the reviews started coming in. Even when, when, uh, um, Michael Chicago Wiz did his review, I got a bump in sales because he reviewed it. And then I got a bump in sales when a couple other people reviewed it down the line. And then it, Grognardia didn't do it until like a month later. And by then my sales had pretty much, you know, just were a trickle at them. And then he did his thing and then I got another big burst of uh, sales again. And it, it was real interesting. It was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and, it was, and like, again, you know, you gotta, the community at the time or the OSR at the time was, like it is today in some ways, you know, they were, they were fighting about various things and and there were some folks that were starting stuff that was, you know, it's like, why in the hell are you even doing that? But when it came down to it, a lot of people were supportive of, the, you know, me doing it and were really uh, generous with their praise, even though maybe some of it was unfounded. Um, and then I also, then uh, James Raggi, he had already started his... Um, publishing company and he did a kickstarter and asked me to join it with him i can't remember what maybe it was for the original rules or something or the grindhouse edition or something i it's been so long i don't remember but he asked me to join and uh his kickstarter or it was an indiegogo i think yeah i think it was an indiegogo campaign and he wanted uh to be able to offer it up as like a i don't know what you call it like a uh a stretch goal or it was like a add-on I don't remember but again you know then that bumped up sales a lot I mean and Jim was really good to deal with real you know I didn't really talk to him too much I mean it was a pretty quick conversation over email and uh, very quick I mean you'll hear this from anybody who deals with uh, Jim about uh, the the payments and that he's really quick with them real you know generous with his payments and fast with them so um, and he was, I mean, he, he did no issues with that. I, I can't remember. We think we just did it the one time. I don't think I, I did any other things with him just that one time, but I thought it went well. Um, I know this is really long guys, but I'm not going to apologize. It's your fault for listening, but that's part one of Gothridge Manor. I'll probably do, I'm going to do a different one or another one on top of this. So uh, cause lunchtime's over now. I kind of over lunch. I got to get back to work. So I appreciate you guys listening. If you have this long, um, and, uh, hopefully it's been interesting. I know this part isn't so. All right, guys, I'm going to sign off. You guys take care of yourselves. Roll better than me and we'll talk soon.